Um, well, guess what, everybody? It's Comedy Film Nerds episode 484. We're back. Boo! With a number palindrome. A number... <laughs> I'm uh, I'm back from the USSR. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you actually play the song, either to or from? No, you didn't. No. I, <laughs> but I, in your head, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the person next to you. No, like, no, no, no. They were. They weren't stuck in. But some, in the hotel. No, no, they weren't. No, not at all. Soviet Union ended in 1991. Yeah. So it's nope. Nobody, nobody. The okay. movie yesterday was yeah, one of the yeah, movies yeah. you could have chosen on the flight back. Mm-hmm. So that's there's a one small snippet where he plays that in Moscow. Um, that counts. So. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm back from Russia. It was fantastic. I had a great time. Uh, if you follow my YouTube channel, I posted a bunch of videos, and I'll be posting many more. I did two stand-up shows, one in Moscow, one in St. Petersburg, which was great. I was on A lot of expats? Some, mostly Russians, though. Mm-hmm. It was a mostly Russian audience in both shows, which was really, really interesting. Um, and some, some Russians who, like, watch me on Jimmy Dore, they watch Political Vigilante, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some people who are just, like, stand-up comedy is sort of a newer thing to them. Um, you know, it was really... So it's a young scene. Like, th- this guy... Uh, Steve, uh, who is this English dude who's help, who helped coordinate these shows, you know. And when I got to Moscow, he goes, you know, you're the most experienced stand-up comic in this entire country right now. <laughs> um, which was like, wow. That's why you can never leave. That's why you could, I should have stayed. Um, so yeah, like, you know, there's some hecklers and I did, you know, I was doing crowd work and I got big laughs and they were like, whoa. It was like, they'd never seen a rabbit out of a hat before. How did you do this? How you do? He said something, then you make joke after he heckled. Unbelievable. This is legal, yes. This- <laughs> yeah it was it was so cool the people were nice the pe- the, the 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 food was amazing i mean like the you know i took some uh, seeing red square like they're selling five hundred thousand dollar prada handbags on red square by the way in mm-hmm. this mall so it's like uh, capitalism is alive and well this this notion of of yeah it was it was, it was really cool and hearing like I interviewed a lot of people and sort of, you know, younger people are a little more critical of Putin. People like our age and older have a different view because they grew up in communism. They saw the chaos of the 90s. There was 30% unemployment like overnight. There was, you know, there was fucking Yeltsin who was propped up by the US. You know, they were shooting tanks into the equivalent of the White House. I mean, there was chaos in the 90s and homelessness and alcoholism and suicide and drug abuse and so many of them the old some of the older people like hey man putin came in and stabilized it the younger people are like yeah we're done with just stability we want more we want more human rights and stuff like that but it didn't it didn't feel like an oppressive it was like when i went to china i didn't feel this big you know authoritarian eye watching me at all times i mean i felt like you know and and again, some of the older people our age and older are like, hey, man, Putin stabilized it. It was nuts in the 90s. It was up for grabs, you know, and he came in and stabilized it. And their economy has grown in the last 20. Like they've seen 20 years of improvements where I don't know that we can say that in the West, <laughs> you know, and I saw, you know, I, the number of homeless people in both cities in 10 days, I can count on two hands. 
I saw more homeless people driving back from LAX yesterday than I saw in two massive cities. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So it was it was so cool. I mean, it was like such an amazing, and St. Petersburg is beautiful because Peter the Great brought in, whatever, in the 1600s or something, brought in European architects. They call it the Venice of the North. Oh yeah, the architecture is supposed to be beautiful. It's just fantastic. The mm -hmm. people, were, I mean, I just, it was such a great time. I encourage Americans to go there and see it. Because nice. uh, no, 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 you know, our media, our media is lying to us. Their media is lying to them. You know, <laughs> there's Russians who have come here like, oh, Americans were so nice. I was told everybody hates us and all that stuff. So it's really just like, it was fascinating. And just to see, to learn all the history, like, I didn't know this. Nikita Khrushchev did what they called de-Stalinization. So he took down all of the Stalin murals and statues and all God this. damn it. You leave up your statues. Yeah. It's history. <laughs> yeah. It's history. It was cool. I mean, like the subway stations, there's this one line, the circle line that was built right after World War II is all Soviet era stuff. So they, they kept it because it's like part of their history, which is really cool. There was, and there was like, I didn't know this, there was female snipers in World War II. Um, the, snipettes? Snipettes. <laughs> well, I talked to several women who were like, oh, I'm treated so well here. And I talked to Western women who were like moving here from Western cities where men grope you, cat call you, harass you, never harassed. Hmm. Because after the October 7, 20, uh, 1917 revolution of communism, one of the things, of the foundations of it was everybody works, men and women work. And so it's built, there's the, there was 70 years of women's getting equality on an mm -hmm. institutional governmental level. Yeah. And so women there are like so respected. There's this there's this great mix that we ha can't seem to get a handle off here in America of chivalry and equality. Like chivalry isn't seen as this like condescend like you know like some of the the feminism of the 70s was like you know if if a woman if you pay for a woman or get the door for her it's cuz she's weak and yeah, don't tell yeah. me, I'll get my own check where there they're like I'm a strong woman I'm 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 an equal but I like and the men are like I like being a gentleman mm -hmm. and the women like I like being treated this way they telling they I've never been harassed on the subway never been groped never nothing nothing what do you see Icarus what's going on there with their relentless like cheating in the olympics <laughs> or like the need to meddle in our election, <laughs> things like that. What's, what's that about? Um, well, they are like... We, oh, by the way, we should introduce our guest. David Huntsberger, yeah, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He's uh, been a writer for CFN and uh, been with us probably since the beginning, periodically. Yeah, seems like a long time. Yeah, yeah show, shows been. up uh, here and there, and we're all, always happy to have him. Ladies yes. and gentlemen, David, David Huntsberger. Huntsberger. Now, are you, um, are you still doing a podcast at all every time it's kind of yeah. in transition here and there? Yeah, I still do one called uh, Space Cave, where I interview oh, yeah, like, yeah. scientists and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So. Boom. <laughs> yeah. so you're still doing that one then? Yeah, yeah, okay, I started cool. that uh, about four years ago. So just finished uh, 200 episodes. I haven't I've been on like a little bit of a hiatus unexpectedly because I had like bronchitis for a bit and then some other um, things like family members in the hospital where I had to cancel some recordings. So mm -hmm. it's weird when you're like, you know, as you guys know, there's not like a production schedule where like, oh, so-and-so is going to be out for a bit. Well, the show goes on. You're like, I'm mm -hmm. out and I'm the show. Right. And I don't have any episodes backlogged, which I've always done a pretty good job of having just in case. But 
It's always good to have one in the hopper. Yeah, and I did, and like, and even then, still, it was like, oh no. We we find that whenever we put one in the hopper, like, all right, we're gonna save this. This will be for, uh, you know, when we need it, and. For whatever reason, every time we record one of those, within like two to three weeks, we need it. Oh, nice. Like, like, so we can never have one that's older than a couple of weeks. Yeah. So it, <laughs> the, it knows. It wants to come out. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> it knows. Yeah. It's some haunted demon yeah. <laughs> that got uh, released through some portal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but thanks for being on the show. Yeah, to answer your question about the some of them are uh, the election thing, and, and I sort of subscribe to this because it was like after the investigation was like russia spent a hundred grand on facebook ads really that swayed (laughs) it like uh hillary had 1.5 billion dollars and the hundred grand in facebook ads was what but they did meddle. Sure. I mean, I know you love Russia now, but they got yeah, no yeah. <laughs> Right. But the thinking is 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 when i hear that they i go yeah of course they meddled and the CIA has never, we've never, we've been meddling. This sounds like a great topic for your other <laughs> podcast, <Yeah>. friend. <laughs> yes, the Why political. Why don't we talk movie. about some movies? Right. Um, I think uh, the meddling thing is a ridiculous mm-hmm. excuse by the Democratic Party because mm-hmm. they refuse to acknowledge their own cheating in their primary. Anyway, what movies oh, would you like I to talk got about? It. Icarus, I man. Got you, got it, yeah. you saw Icarus. I mean, they're, they're fucking relentless but, cheating in the Olympics. Well, yes. So. Okay, let's talk about that. That's a movie. So we'll talk about this. That's a great point. Okay. But it's so one sided. Lance Armstrong? He didn't cheat. We don't cheat. It has we nothing to do with Lance. We know he cheated. We condemned him. He's out of the picture. But like that thing with Russia cheating in the Olympics, when they openly went out and said they did not, like that seemed like a systemic thing from Putin on down. We're like, just deny all the time. Even if you're caught red handed, if everyone in the system knows, you see Putin sure. being like, oh, we know nothing. That was weird. Like we didn't have... Um, George W. or Obama being like, no, that's fine. When it did Icarus come out? Two years ago? Yeah. It's the weird. height of the Russiagate thing. There yeah. ha- just hap- the, the, what, the movie that's nominated just happens to be anti-Russian. You're getting too tinfoily, man. You're getting <laughs> How is that black tin- helicoptery. <laughs> How is that tinfoily? Because the guy, I mean, he started making it years prior. He's just some dude. It's a fine documentary, and it brings up a great point. But the, the, the question I have with that, sure, Putin did all that. But then you honestly think... Bush and Obama and our current guy have never denied anything. I don't know the the war of Iraq was that well a- <laughs> things like that. I mean, I listen politically. That's that's your sports though. I feel like when you're caught and then the the administration like they needed Russia to do well as a country. It felt like we'll achieve and we'll we'll bring back the esteem to Russia and therefore we'll do anything. So when they did get caught, it wasn't like, oh, we're disappointed in our athletes. It was like, no, nothing. Nope. There's no cheating. That seemed like something we wouldn't do. As much as like, I just can't imagine. <laughs> well, you, I, yeah, that's the thing where I guess I would encourage you to do a little more research on what America is, has, and continues to do. All right. Okay. So is propaganda hour over? Are we, <laughs> can we get Both countries have very strong propaganda <laughs> machines. And to only acknowledge one side of it, in my opinion, is... Is extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Yes, yes, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Speaking of extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile, this is the movie that you saw. And it was one of those movies, too. I'm like, well, this has to be a quote from something. This is uh, Ted Bundy's judge. Yeah, it came actually from the judge saying, the crimes were extremely wicked, shockingly evil, vile, and the product of design to inflict a high degree of pain. And this is the movie uh, Zac Efron did uh, about uh, Ted Bundy. And when you said you saw it, I was like, well, is this the... 
one of the Disney kids that did a serial killer movie because there's more than one, which is unbelievably surprising. There was another That's how one. you break the Disney mold? Yeah, yeah exactly. I was thinking, <laughs> well, this must be like some, they must have like, the agents must be like, all right, look, you had a good run on the Disney Channel. We need to break this. The best way to do it is either um, um, pull a Shea LaBeouf and go crazy or... Um, sex tape? Yeah, sex tape or <laughs> play a serial killer. Or like, there's... There's is... a guy like Ross Lynch from like, uh, I think Austin and Alley, because I know because I have children, uh, did like a Dahmer movie. <laughs> like they uh, they must push them into like, you got to break this mold. You gotta break... Do you? I mean, Zendaya did okay. She did like a bunch of Disney Channel movies and now she's in Spider-Man as MJ. It doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to play a serial killer to break that uh, role. Uh, there's, um, a, there's a girl that I only know through like tabloid articles i don't i don't know if i've ever seen her act or speak or sing or whatever she does named bella thorne oh yeah yeah she was actually on the same show again because i have children i know this she was on the same show as andaya where they both got their start Uh, okay and they took vastly different careers. she recently just signed on to direct pornography full like signed a deal with like one like Pornhub or YouPorn or something crazy like that. Like mm-hmm. that's the biggest Disney jump I think that has happened. <laughs> that, <this> yeah, <laughs> potentially that's the a biggest big jump for yeah. anyone. I got. I got to say, yeah, that's. Uh, that's that means jump. you're still angry. <laughs> that's what that that's means. That's an evil, Knievel yeah, yeah, style yeah, jump. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> that's like every bridge I've ever crossed. I am now burning. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also the one that. Uh, um, I remember. Do you remember when we had all the California wildfires? And she she um, tweeted something like, "Oh, all this traffic, I can't get to oh, my boyfriend's." Yeah. And then uh, Rob you know, Lowe gave her the yeah. biz. Then Rob Lowe <laughs> tweeted, "Sorry, um, us removing the bodies from the fires is inconveniencing you, Bella Thorne. This is why people hate Hollywood." Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a typical. It's like when people yeah, yeah. go, "Oh, these paper straws are so yeah. dumb for my cocktail." You're so, right. So, I'm glad the sea life is choking yeah. to death on <laughs> yeah. your plastic straws, so your fucking mojito yeah. got a little papered yeah. up. Yeah. So. So you can look at like and that you know those two girls started on the same show you know in their uh, in their teens and now look at Bella Thorne and look at Zendaya who's done far better and managed her career a thousand times better and uh, the smartest thing she did is was her audience aged with her and she slowly took older roles and now she's in Spider Man just as her fans are growing with her so mm-hmm. that was and then, you also don't know too like or you direct porn so either well, way yeah, you go. I mean, I think- <laughs> My guess is there was some events, maybe some abuse that happened along the way that would, that's the difference between porn or a good career. I don't think it was like both were raised in nice loving homes and one just went, you know what, I'm going to direct this. I like to think on the positive side of it. One time I had a buddy who was producing a thing where like they were shooting all the interviews and kind of promo photos for all the Disney kids. And so I helped him out and I would like check them in or, you know, make sure they, they and their family got to like their dressing room mm-hmm. or whatever. But you see, I don't know any of these kids, but I right. remember hearing like an 11 year old talking to someone or maybe she was even doing her interview and using the word intrinsically. And I was like, these kids are like fucking robots. They're so uncomfortable. They're trying to be so adult. Um, yeah, I guess when I think about that, oh, geez, boy, you really put me on the spot. Like, no 11 year olds speak that way. It was no. so uncomfortable. It's because they've been raised on sets. And to be like, almost like politicians in like your forward facing, Mm. oh, wow, (laughs) they're coached in that regard. But maybe there's also an element where they see the world, they see all the bullshit and they're somewhat elevated from it. And then they grow 
to adult st- stages and go like, I'm not gonna keep pretending, going back to like the propaganda, I'm not gonna pretend that like seeing a nipple is the worst thing that can happen. Sex is a natural f- enterprise, <laughs> like I'm gonna show it. And then you go, oh wow, maybe she would give an interview and be refreshing, unlikely. I probably side more with you that she was like abused in some way, but I'd like to think that she was elevated and just like, oh, it's absurd that we. But yeah, condemn I this. think Bella Thorne. Let's go Thorne, with that thought. Elevated. I think. Well, I think if I'm not mistaken, and I watch, and maybe it was Bella Thorne, I can't remember, but I, I did watch an interview with her talking about like, uh, and there's been some sort of accusations of of like sexual abuse of some of these um, kids within the Disney program, and she mm-hmm. talked about that. If I'm not, there was, uh, yeah, in researching stuff, I did several videos on the Epstein case and. She somebody referred. There's a. I almost positive it was an interview with her where she mentioned that. So mm-hmm. that would probably give Track. a give, give a uh, a uh, illumination as to why <laughs> she is the chosen career. The, uh, did you see the Ted Bundy tapes? That kind of ties in with this. I think it might even be that judge giving the quote when he sentences him in Tallahassee. Yeah, there was such a weird level of. I think when we think of that many years ago, the South, a serial killer being sentenced. We think of just like. Oh, we're more empathetic now. We would kind of understand maybe the mental chemistry that would make someone do that. And But back then in the 80s, the judge goes, you know, you had a lot of promise, young man. You're very bright. You're articulate. You could have done a lot of things in your life. And I don't want you to know you chose a different direction and I don't hold it against you. There's no ill will. There's no contempt on my side as I sentence you here. And then he like bangs the gavel and sends him out. Yeah, I mean, what he what he says specifically? It was weird. Yeah, they 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 cast John Malkovich to play him, and then they did a they, this movie did a very good job of showing actual news footage as it was sort of transpiring, and those tapes were he confessed to thirty crimes before they uh, executed him, mm-hmm. and they suspect that there's dozens, if not hundreds, more that mm-hmm. he has probably committed. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that judge, yeah, it is interesting the way that judge says that. He's like, I, I have no ill will towards you. you. You know, you could have been a lot of promise and, and you chose this. It's, it is interesting to go into like. I don't want to judge you, but it's, <laughs> yeah. but it's my job. As I sit here. Which I kind of like yeah, as a yeah, judge. Yeah. Like you're yeah. just weighing, you're listening to a jury. You're really yeah. not a judge in the sense of like, ah, all these other people are wrong. I'm the judge and therefore yeah, I yeah. say this. You're kind of taking and going, all right, here's, here's the data. Yeah. This is the decision. This is the decision. And so what this movie, and, and I, especially now I want to go back and watch the actual interview tapes with him. And I would suggest watching these two together because uh-huh. Zac Efron, they do a very good job because it's really focuses on the woman he was like married to mm-hmm. and was a stepdad to her kid of how because people have asked, how the how did she not see this? How did she, she called in? Yeah, she mm-hmm. she called in, and but you see how charming. I mean, Zac Efron was very. It's very well cast. You mm-hmm. see how charming he is, and every time, and she's like, Ted, are these accusations true? And he's like, Oh my God, no, this crazy. Well, they're just trying to pin it on someone, and you can see going. Well, that sounds reasonable. Like, well, because Zac Efron has that charming presence in yes. any movie. So that was like great, almost like anti-type casting. Yeah, mm-hmm. because Ted Bundy, you watch him, you have to understand 
we know now because he confessed to it. But as it's unfolding, you're like, is he guilty? Is he not? Mm-hmm. Sound, this guy seems really nice because you judge someone because we want monsters to look like monsters. Mm-hmm. Well, even when he was like representing himself, yes. people showing up to the courtroom like, free him, let him go. He got yeah. the wrong guy because he'd wave to the courtroom oh, yeah. people. And yes, like, he was just very. Oh, like, he could oh. kill somebody right in front of them and they'd be like, well, I don't think it was. Yeah. Him. Yeah. <laughs> and like and and. You know, he makes a compelling case because the the cops, police departments have done this in the past with serious crimes. They just got to get somebody. Right. We're going to find someone and we're going to, if you kind of fit the profile, fine, it's you. Yeah. And so you, th- there's part of you going, man, I could see how someone could go, wait a minute, just a guy with a Volkswagen, come on, yeah. that sort of fit a sketch. I mean, I look like his sketch. Yeah. You I know, mean, he's I mean? a very like... You know, that Especially be, from a uh, sketch profile thing, how many people do you know? Like, eh, could you could make if they held it up next to him, like I could see it, right? You, you know. with shorter hair, yeah, me yeah. with shorter you, hair. Do you know that was the because um, I just read this with my daughter. That was the end of Fahrenheit 451, written in the 60s, um, where you know they were chasing Montag and it was on all the TV screens, but they couldn't catch him, so they just found somebody and like made it look like him. And the <laughs> police like caught him and took him away. I mean, so it's, how many years ago was that? Exactly. Written? <laughs> yeah, and the other thing too that was interesting about this so this was like one of the first televised trials yes mm-hmm. um and so the florida one the florida one yeah, yeah. and i remember one uh it was this judge or the oj one said trials were not meant to be televised yeah because yeah. it turns everything into a circus it turns everything mm-hmm. into a circus i understand and i i can identify and appreciate the hey transparency but <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that sounds good on paper. Yeah, but that's not what our media is. In practice, yeah. it doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work when yeah. people are showing up and lining the fence for a half a mile with signs saying "Burn" and "Fry Ted" and mm. selling T-shirts for the execution. There's something off with our need. Like you get why people would bring children to a hanging not that long ago, right? Or a beheading, you know. It just people are like this is justice. All right, here's a bad person. Here's something happening to them. Did- did the movie show like anything that you didn't already know about like the case or the trial? Well, well it did it did the thing again, I I can't and I haven't watched the tapes one yet. So mm-hmm. I'm just going off of my 30-year recollection of this right. happening mm-hmm. when I was like in high school or college when all this kind of shook out. So I was sort of like, wow, the so it so if you're coming at it from that, like where I did of like, haven't researched this in a while or don't know, or just kind of know the, the generalities of it. Yeah. They do a very good job. And in, and, and, you know, in the end, this isn't a spoiler cause we know that, you know, they executed them, spoiler alert. So, <laughs> um, but when they show the actual trial footage of the shit that he pulled, mm-hmm. you're like, Wow, that was a good job by the filmmaker because if they didn't, you'd go, did they Hollywood this up? (laughs) Was he that? He wasn't that. No, he he fired his attorneys and, and... And his defense was kind of like, for someone to go into a sorority house, kill someone, go back out and come back in again, it'd have to be pretty great. (laughs) 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 And, And like... And there's a scene in there in the movie where he's wagging his finger at the judge, John Malkovich, and and oh yeah, don't you wag your, your finger, you wag your finger at me, yeah, and then yeah, they show real. that footage at the end, and you're like, damn, yeah, so it yeah. actually happened. Yes. Oh yeah, and he oh, points God. his finger at him, don't you? He does both, I think. Yeah, in the oh, documentary, like, and and they're like, and so it's like, 
you also see how he charms the judge in the beginning and gets some couple rulings in his favor. And you're like, damn. Yeah. And you see the prosecutor's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know. Um, you Did they show when he stuffed all the wet toilet paper in the lock so they couldn't come and get him? He missed trial one day. Yeah. Yeah. Jumped out weird. of a window in, in Colorado. Yeah. And I was like, that's bullshit. They show the actual news report. Um, someone saw a man jumping in on you're just like And he lived in the woods for like three days. Yes. I mean he escaped in a car, like past a, a It's checkpoint. almost like the producers were like, Look, we gotta put this real footage and no one's gonna believe that this actually yeah, happened. Yeah, I think and I think I think it was a smart filmmaking choice yeah. because you would go, All right, because we've we've called this out before mm -hmm. on, on on this show of you know I actually hate it when they do biopics or historical dramas and they add, um, it, it stinks, it smells like dog shit on your shoe. You're like, that's a Hollywood bullshit scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's no. And this was like, wow. Right. When this he was, was crazy. He was in Colorado. He would get up on the top bunk and jump off over and over. To practice. To practice because he knew he was going to go out of the second floor and land and he didn't want to break his legs. So he was like jumping off. Oh, if you saw that as a guard, you're like, what, what are you doing, buddy? And he's yeah. just, and then he had to weasel through the top. There's like a vent. And so he just kept not eating until he was skinny enough to go up through that vent. I think that was the second one. But the first one where like the bailiff or the equivalent of like someone who was supposed to watch him, he was so likable. They're like, go get your books and hang out. There's just an open window. Yeah. And he, the level of trust he had and how, he, when you're watching either, I would imagine, you're just thinking of the future victims going like, come on, someone Somebody. stop this fucking guy. You see all these, and all these women showed up in court and they did a great job of showing actual <laughs> interviews with women going, I just don't, he just doesn't seem guilty. Just yeah. look at, he's so nice. Oh he fathered God. a child when he was in prison. Yes. After he'd been sentenced. He paid off a guard to look the other way. So his new girlfriend, who was sort of this like wide-eyed, almost culty looking woman mm -hmm. follower, he had sex with her like in the in the in the in, the, in, in on prison grounds. Like he paid mm. off a guard and <laughs> yeah. had sex, gets her impregnant. You know, it's just it's it's, wow. it's crazy. You know when people have a baby, and I like to ask them this: like, you got any like goals? And they go, "What do you mean? You're like, you want to be an astronaut, or you wanted to be you know an Olympian?" They go, "No, we just wanted to be happy." I go, "Do you have any things you don't want them to be?" They go, what do you mean? Like, well, what if they covered their entire body in tattoos? Or what if they joined a cult? Or like, I don't know. I'd still love them. For me, the definitive one is I. if I have a child, I do not want them to ever fall in love with a death row inmate. <laughs> Any, anything outside of that is success. But if, what if it's real love, David? <laughs> love get is the love. fuck out of there. Love yeah. is love. A jury of 12 people. Get the you fuck. Know, you know, a meet cutes can happen anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I would say, look, I, I like this film. So how was James Hetfield in it? It's his acting debut from the lead singer of Metallica. Oh, he plays the... Uh, I don't know who I don't know who well, well he looks like uh, Dave oh no he has shorter <laughs> hair now right oh that's right he got it cut that's right mm -hmm. I'm trying to think who he was in the movie yeah. I don't know mm -hmm. what... he's just like a stage trooper or something. It's yeah yeah it's, it's, I'm sure it's a cameo oh but uh, they made a big deal of it hmm. yeah so mm -hmm. uh, sure Chris you might yeah. like it for that um, <laughs> you'll notice this guy that I didn't um, <laughs> no it's it's really it's the director did their documentary ah. some kind of that's why he well that's it. a fine documentary to watch mm -hmm. um and this director did a great job i mean i really think this movie and i'm i'm a it's one of those films that like didn't get 
the big press. It no, didn't get the box office. It went. was getting a lot prior because they kept showing Zac Efron like, look how similar he looks. Yeah. Right. But then it seemed like when it came out, it, there was a feeling like, oh, that came out? There wasn't yeah, a, there oh, wasn't a I final ramp up. That. No, yeah. they did, I, maybe they didn't have the marketing money. Maybe the came studio went bailed on quickly. it or yeah. something. But it is worth watching. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's and, and again, now I want to watch. They're both on Netflix, this and the tapes one. See, I mm-hmm. watched the tapes. And, and the other so, one too. If you want to see the other Disney kid in the Dahmer movie. <laughs> But it was so, uh, the story think, itself is so unnerving. I didn't want to do both. But you, this made you more interested in seeing more of it? Well, what it does is it, is it does the thing that a good biopic does, is it shows, we know the factual stuff. We know that he did this, he did that. But it shows you the sort of humanity. Uh, it makes it be- more believable that he was able to sweet talk so many people. Yeah. Because you see the day-to-day interactions. You see him cooking with the kid and being the good stepdad and yeah. and and you know and then he went out and did these like I guess like the little that I've done on research on you know sociopathic behavior is they're able to just flip like it's almost like multiple personalities. Well it was a ramp up, you know, he he started as a kleptomaniac, he would steal weird little right. things and then he had that the fir- his first victim, he would wait outside of her house and like Keeping Tom to the point where the neighbors are like, get out of here. And that's how things have changed so much now that if you saw anything like that, you, the police would be called, someone would be escorted away. He would be masturbating like in the alley and people would be like dumping water on him. Get out of here. And he would just still stay and no cops coming. So he got emboldened. I'm a, well, I'm let's not judge him for like, having fun in an alley <laughs> and, and getting free showers. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. If you saw- If no one would have bothered him, maybe that's all he would have done. So yeah, yeah, he would have stayed in the alley. Yeah, see, if he didn't pour water on yeah. him, there wouldn't be. A... Yeah, he might still be there. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's really, and you see too, like what you're talking about, David, of like the period and time of like the Ted Bundy was very definitive in terms of like the the serial killer monster. It can be this charming, and I don't think at that point we had sort of. May put those two together. No, yeah. that like, like you know, the, they can be nice and friendly, and you know, like that was the '80s, and was when like John Wayne Gacy, he was the kids clown. Yeah, he was a clown. Yeah. You know, like all these like, woo, these guys but look like today. That seems less and less likely that uh, yeah, you know, the friendly we, clown would, forensic uh, files would be man. fooled. Yeah, we're on it now. Yeah, yeah like, those and those none of those shows were in existence. Right. Like that's a, mm-hmm. like we've all watched those shows in some capacity or another to yeah. go, man. And so it's it's really um, yeah the next the next way would be uh, yeah uncovering the like Jelaine Maxwell monster, <laughs> monster women that are out there the the guy in Utah the the student I think it was the University of Utah is this right Utah State maybe mm-hmm. they found I think they found her burned remains like oh yeah and attached it to him somehow and then when they went and searched his house. A, he was on the news saying like, oh, I don't know. But then a contractor called and was like, I know that guy. That guy tried to get me to build like a torture chamber in yes. his basement. So that was someone who could have maybe been a 30-person serial killer. We got him so quickly. Yes. Luckily, I feel confident that we live in a world where like a, a Jeffrey Dahmer is not going to happen. Uh, a Ted Bundy crossing state lines? Well, no way. What, what the the the... the well, the I only think, way to stop a serial killer now is with a good serial killer with a gun. That's, that, that's accurate. That Chris, accurate. don't bring up politics on the show. Um, no, that's a great, that's a great, oh, I love that. That's, that's, that's so great. I love any sort of poke at the ridiculousness of the Second Amendment. But, um, well, d- yes, with, um, 
Suburban white girls? Yes, we'll catch them. Unfortunately, the sad reality, and I learned this from watching Wind River a couple years ago, is like murdered and missing indigenous women or uh, low-income women, mm-hmm. they're getting, and there's no, no nobody's mm-hmm. chasing them. No, no yeah. family is going, they're just like, oh, she disappeared, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And like, there's thousands of like, black women that have disappeared. What's that, Aaron? Grim Sleeper. Right. Oh yeah, yeah I right. remember that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's like, um, unfortunately, uh, th- they're still happening. What what I think has happened, maybe I don't know. I'm not trying to get inside the mind of a serial killer, but I think it's like, oh, these targets over here, no one's pay- can't, there's not the money, and the the families aren't don't have the influence. Yeah. Like that girl in Utah, that happened a couple months ago. I think mm-hmm. there's definitely a profiling aspect to it for sure. Like yeah. they say the serial killers, like they, they don't just pick people at random. They're stalking them and yeah. learning about them before. That well, was that's the other thing that, too, though, to, to, mm-hmm. to your point though, mm-hmm. why I think they are there are less of them is because like the FBI has started these profiling units totally. to try mm-hmm. to figure this out to where like when one or two happen, they're like, they can zero in on the person faster. Yeah. Um, right. That was the thing that um, Ted Bundy weirdly had a hand and helping with yeah they knew virtually nothing about the predatory and they just kept pressing him like you're in here you're not getting out he's like i'm innocent and like dude it's not going to happen you're going to be executed and at least get do the right chest do you right and he and he did like not the right thing but he finally did go so here's how a serial killer would operate here's why i moved the body here here's why i put the torso here but this part here here's why and so a lot of those profiling things came from Mm -hmm. getting in the mind of someone that would say like I watched the news. I knew what you were looking for. I trying to it think also, and this goes to the the Zodiac movie does a good job of this too, of like the Zodiac movie did a good job of showing at that time of the Zodiac killer. Yeah. The law enforcement agencies didn't talk. Right, they had no, and you saw some of this in the eighties of like, well, this Colorado crime and this Utah crime, and then Washington state of Washington, and they were just starting to kind of slug through that like time well wait a minute this case and that case and i and no gps no smartphones that could if you start no no internet no no uh, national internet law enforcement database right right just suddenly like wow weird like crime instantly stopped in seattle it's picking up in utah oh weird that guy left utah it's picking up in colorado Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah It would just instantly look like a brush fire wherever he had been, and yet there's no monitoring system to know that. Yeah, now you would a law enfor- a detective could go, let's see, mm-hmm. and just go on the the, the, the national database and go you find the data. Yeah. here we go. Which yeah. is back then you had to call. They had to go through filing cabinets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So it it's it, it. Anyway, this is a really compelling film, and I would I oh, would cool. watch it. All right, and uh, David, you saw the movie Arctic. And yeah, tell us about this movie. Mads Mikkelsen, I believe mm-hmm. is the name. Is that right? Yes, not to be confused with the other um, uh, Mads Mikkelsen movie, uh, Polar, which is very different <laughs> and awful. But go ahead. Tell us about Arctic. Arctic I love. I just think with superheroes and CGI dragons screaming in your face and the beasts like, and the nonstop sort of like... I, I just sort of tuned out of superhero movies because the big epic fight scenes, I just found myself going like, how long until they win? Like how long has this got to go until there? There, what I love a still, slow, quiet. I don't know if you watch the television show Alone at all, Mm-mm. which is people surviving and they film themselves. And there's just something about like the desolation and like utter like um, uh, 
Yeah, that's how you spell it, right? Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. So he was the guy that his eye cries in uh, Casino Royale when they're playing poker. Mm-hmm. His, his eye like cries blood. Yeah, that yeah. Dude. yeah. So I always a, thought he's he was, a great bad guy. Yeah. yeah, and he but he's really good as the protagonist in this. He's got like a, a full beard, and he's just you, they they just kind of set you in the movie. They don't you don't really know what it, happened. It's like Castaway, but in the. Uh, but in, a, in the snow, in, right? Yeah, but it, you know, Castaway. There's a little bit more exposition. There's uh-huh. him talking to a volleyball. This is like real quiet throughout, okay. and just goes in an interesting way. There's, I don't want to give too much away about just like the cast is minimal, the dialogue is minimal. It's just mm. a very like the suspense, the desperation is there, but it's never overly stated. You just feel it. You just, I really dug it for, and because I didn't hear anyone talking about it, and then I watched it and was like, this is. I need more of this. It's mm-hmm. not like gun chases and loud noises constantly mm-hmm. and just everything being told to you. It's just slowly like you're just kind of feeling it and also wondering like, what is this? Well, yeah, obviously that, I love that type of filmmaking. You don't need it explained to you. Is this dangerous? You're all alone in the Arctic. Uh-huh. I got it. Yep. You <laughs> There's can make, no food. You yep. can make the jump. Yeah. <laughs> They do a great job of just showing these little subtle things that make you go, oh, hey, this must have already happened. And where, right. where did you watch this? The, I, the first time I saw it was on a flight. And then I told my girlfriend about it and she watched it and was like, this is incredible. So everyone I've told about it, and maybe if, I'm curious to hear if people are like, if I'm setting expectations too high, if they go, oh, I wouldn't think it was going to be great and it's just okay. But mostly everyone I've talked to about it has been like, yeah, that was really a delight. A really, if you're in the mood for that sort of thing, if you need like – more over the top, I, you know, you're not going to dig it. It's some people don't like that. That slow kind of like, what, what's happening? I need there to be dialogue. I need jokes. I need <laughs> some sort of action. This one's just like quietly goes about its business. But I loved it. I think it's great. It sounds cool. I actually want to see it. Had now. a two million dollar budget. Yeah, and they is, shot it in such a short amount. And of time. And a million went to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I love that. Doing what you can with what you have, and like having mm. pr- that's. Now two million dollars. That's, nothing. that's mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. That's a no. low budget movie. Yeah. It's a yeah. very low budget movie for sure. I mean, that's high budget for a doc, yeah. but yeah. but <laughs> everything else that's pretty low budget. Yeah. But that's the thing I love uh, when when you you can go especially when you're outside and the elements like that. Like that was I'm gonna guess not on a sound stage. This movie. <laughs> if they did it, if they did a masterful job. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, that's the beautiful thing is you go. We got two million dollars. We want to tell this story. How do we do it? One guy. One location, the, yeah. the freezing, mm-hmm. wherever, and they found wherever they shot this, Canada or whatever, close mm-hmm. enough to hotels for the crew. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and not the ice hotel. Yeah. And, and everything, hotel. everyone being, the whole different scenario there, a story to be had there of like, I'm glad we've moved out of this phase of like, what about a guy who, no, no, let's keep thinking. Okay. What about a, a group of buddies, like just kind of trying to come up with ideas because you have a budget and you need to put asses in seats. But instead now people being like, I have a fucking story to tell and how do I get it made? That feels great that those sort of movies are happening. And I feel like Arctic is one of those. I feel like they cool. are just, the, the, who's with me? Who's going to go do this? Let's mm. make this. This is the, and we've talked it's about lower this. risk, lower yeah. budget, lower risk. And, and we talk about this on this show. There's a lot more of these movies being made. You have to go search them out mm-hmm. because they're not getting wide releases. I mean, even the-, the And they have a zero marketing budget. Right, totally. zero. Yeah. I mean, even the, the Bundy movie we were just talking about, it, right. we, we all, it sort of mm-hmm. came and went. You have to search them out. And when you find them on a plane or on a streaming service or something, you're like, God damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and would you rush out to the theater to see this movie? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, but it's really compelling yeah. filmmaking and storytelling- and it was done for $2 million. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you guys have been in the in the waters of like the Vimeo world a little bit, and when you start streaming, like scrolling through mm-hmm. there, one after another, you're like, "What a cool idea! What, I love just the graphic right. design of this." But do I want to risk three ninety nine or four ninety nine? I have the streaming site that I already pay for per month, so it becomes like the the river that everything's flowing right, down. Right. And this is like this little stream. You're like, I don't know if I can drink out of it. This might be poisonous. <laughs> so you don't take the chance. And now when some of these, and I think Prime's doing a good job of getting some of these shifted over from the mm-hmm. self-produced, self-published Vimeo world into like their catalog, where now you can scroll through and be like, I know nothing. I've literally heard no, a, not a single person reference this. Right, but I already paid my fee. I'll yeah. give it a chance. And take, I'll check it out. Give it yeah. 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that, I, is there anything better than that? 10 minutes mm-hmm. on something you know nothing about. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I'm in. You like sit up in your yeah, chair. Yeah, there's no risk. Because if it sucks at, at minute 12, well, you go, eh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say this on that specific note. Uh, I went to Shriekfest over the weekend. Oh. And I saw five feature films I knew nothing about. Nice. <laughs> so... Uh, I normally go for about one day, but uh, my daughter's old enough now, and she loves horror movies. So, and uh, Denise, who we had on the show, um, she's the festival director. She loves hanging out with my daughter, and Neil's there, <laughs> and uh, so we go down there. And uh, she wanted to spend both days, so we went Saturday and Sunday. We saw some shorts, and we saw a bunch of um, features. And it's an interesting thing. Um, when you go to a, a a film festival, especially one that has a specific genre like horror, you see trends like the new independent filmmakers. Like this year had an entire theme of the dangers of technology and social media. Mm. Like because this is in the consciousness right now, so people are translating that. How does that translate into horror or science fiction or terror or uh, um, or even fantasy at some point? So it was interesting to see that um, that theme recurred, even in the shorts. Like, that we saw it in the shorts and also in the features. And some of the shorts, it's interesting. Some of them are the perfect length. Every once in a while, there's one that's, like, 20 minutes long that should be 10. It was, like, that weird thing of, like, a feature that's too long. Yeah. If your short's too long, think about editing. <laughs> but there was one, I can't remember the name of it. It was a really short, short film, and uh, oh, it, but it was really effective. It was about this little kid who, it was the middle of the night, he had to go to the bathroom. So he's staring at this dark hallway where the bathroom is. And it's all a buildup of him like, can he get to the bathroom? He's scared. It's like it's, you know, it's the middle of the night. He gets there. He goes to the bathroom um, and comes back in his room. But it like takes a while because it's like you're, it's all this, um, this buildup. Nothing happens. He's about to close the door in his room and like a monster grabs him. <laughs> So I'm like, oh my god, that's the perfect short film because it uh, it taps into like that fear we all had as kids, and then uh, it gives you like that satisfying, you know, horror yeah. moment at the end. But well, uh, I'll go through these very briefly. The ones that I saw, the first one I saw was called Volition. Now some of these will be distributed, and you will get to see them. In fact, one of them is already I think on demand. Um, Volition was a science fiction film, and it's always cool to see science fiction films that um, have a low budget, but Take the time on the script and on the big idea, because that's what you have to do. If you don't have a ton of money for spaceships and special effects, concentrate on the idea, like Pi and all of these other uh, really cool low-budget science fiction movies. Mm -hmm. This one started out with, like, you know, this uh, loser, um, barely get his life together, and realized he has this clairvoyancy, so we could see into the future. And uh, the mob boss is trying to get him to use his powers to get a safe patch passage to get his diamonds out of the uh, city. So, But as the movie unfolds, it takes a different turn to the point where his clairvoyance 
is actually based on experiments in time travel that they did on him as a kid. So, oh, wow. yeah, so it actually shifts. I'm like, well, no, this isn't a supernatural power. This is based in horrific scientific experiments that were done <laughs> on you, like weird injections and stuff that made him shift through time. And as the movie unfolds, like weird shit happens, like like a, a door will break or like you'll hear a window crash or like a gunshot and it won't make any sense. But the movie unfolds like memento. And you see him going back through time to affect these changes. So it all comes together in like one story at the end. Cool. So it was a really cool movie. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing, Denise, you know, we interviewed her again mm-hmm. this year. And what she says every year, it's just like really the horror genre is finding back to the, the conversation of the mm-hmm. low budget, really interesting movies. The horror genre and the thriller genre is is finding all, or, or, or I don't know, maybe great filmmakers and new young voices are finding the genre because probably, as we've discussed, it's easier to get money because it doesn't need to be star-driven. Right. No names mm-hmm. and the horror thriller fan yep. base yeah, will better. just... Yeah. yeah. So I, they can just make a good movie. One, two, three. I saw five films. I could name two actors. So that's... <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, you know, exactly that way. It's genre film. Love, you know, like when you watch Looper, you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, they really had to put a lot of work into just, like what you just described, all those things. Yep, all like, those details. Make, it's just... Someone sitting down and typing out, not to shit on John Hughes at all, but mm-hmm. like you write Home Alone in like a weekend or something. Like, oh, right. I get it. Yeah. Like it's, there's not as much, right. but mm-hmm. something like Looper or the movie you just described, I like when they have to spend months with it and be like, oh, right. no, no, this would have to happen. And really like the thought. Yep. And that's what it was. It was really cool. Like how a, do you unfold the story yep. without revealing it too much? Mm-hmm. Right. Like a drop of blood on like a table. Like, well, where did that come from? No one's bleeding. Like yeah. stuff like that. And then it gets revealed later where it came from. So. Without also making it, yeah. you can do two things wrong. You could make it too easy. Oh, I figured this out. Right. Exactly. Or too confusing. I don't know what's <laughs> well, no, doesn't make any uh, sense I'm now. Out. Now yeah. I, 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 I'm gone. Did you guys see Under the Silver Lake? Mm-mm. No. It involves a lot of those elements you just described. Yeah. <laughs> we'll check it out for sure. So the next one was uh, Max Winslow and the House of Secrets. Chad Michael Murray, one one of the two actors that I recognized. Um, this is it was, a, I think, a first for Shriekfest, because I don't remember this ever happening before. It was actually a kid's movie. Because I'm going into the theater, I'm like seeing like these younger kids. I'm like, How are they into a Shriekfest screening? This is a horror festival. Uh, but, you know, Denise also does uh, science fiction and fantasy, and there, there's other different elements, and, and some comedy, too. Um, this was a kid's movie about basically a uh, um, almost like a Willy Wonka retelling, like this tech mogul uh, gives five high school students the golden ticket to go spend the night in the mansion, and then the mansion turns on them because it's all technologically driven. So, uh, But it was Neil did not like this movie because uh, um, he was expecting more horror movies in the horror festival. But, you know, with me, with my 14-year-old daughter, and I've seen far more children's movies than he has, um, but it wasn't a family movie. It wasn't that movie that struck that chord of, like, adults can enjoy it as well as kids. This was solely in the, you know, uh, young teen, tween, and younger. That, that's really what it was for. Had a couple morality lessons in it, you know, a little very mild horror, like nothing too scary that even a, a, an eight or a nine or even a 10-year-old would like. But one of the evils was like social media, a girl worrying about getting all of her followers and on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, the house like locks her in and says, I'm only going to let you out. I'll make a deal with you, you know. I'll let you out, but I'm going to delete all your followers, <laughs> like stuff like that, where it goes back and forth. So that was a, a good kids movie. So you can check that out if you have kids. The next one was Stay Out, Stay Alive. This was an interesting movie. This was kind of like a Blair Witchy type movie where a bunch of um, uh, 20-somethings in the woods 
decide on a camping site, find a abandoned gold mine that has cursed gold by um, the Indians in it. So it kind of unfolds that way. So uh, it's interesting sometimes in the festivals you see like different takes on tried and true like horror tropes. Like that's, you know, kids stuck in the woods, something horrible getting after them. So, uh, but it did it in a, a slightly different way. But it, it was a groundbreaking no. But it was one. Of, it was almost like a, if this is a thing, a horror fan popcorn movie. Like, you know what you're going to expect, but you're a horror fan. You're going to be along for the ride anyway. Because right. you're going to get what you are there for. You're going you're, you're to get people going crazy. You're going to get supernatural terror. And you're going to get deaths. So you're going to get all <laughs> of those things. You will get those. Um, so you won't be disappointed. The next one is Do Not Reply. Um, this is the one that definitely uh, was very specific on social media and the internet. And I'm, I'm kind of glad my daughter saw this one. Um, kids, young high school kids targeted uh, through their phones, kidnapped, and basically um, being treated as slaves by a serial killer who had this weird VR uh, headdress on and was basically um, recording him murdering them. Ooh, so wow. it was really creepy and uh, disturbing. But it had this point of that, uh, you know, when something shows up on your phone or someone you don't know, just because you're talking to them on the phone, you don't know who they are. And it even put statistics up at the end of the movie saying the um, the kids that are being targeted the most are this age group, like 15 oh, to whatever. God, so, Jesus. And they said... Uh, it's horrifying. And, yeah, it, it's, it's really horrifying. So it was the kind of thing that... That horror kind of strikes a little closer to home because it's like, well, this is based on something that's actually happening right now. Uh, so that one I really well, uh, you know, And yeah. kudos mm-hmm. to the filmmaker for mm-hmm. saying, eh, people might not be aware of this. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we're going to tell an interesting, compelling story and then go... Yeah, mm. but this, this <laughs> happens. Yeah. So, so that you would go to a, like a horror movie festival... And they could really just show that single frame with all the writing on it. And you go, as a parent, oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that would have been enough to terrify me, for sure. I almost took my daughter's phone away when she was sitting right next to me. So, uh, <laughs> And the last movie I saw was The Black String. This is, uh, do you remember Frankie Muniz? Uh, yes, Muniz from yes, uh, Malcolm in the Middle. He's an adult now. <laughs> and he started in his he own was, race car was, driver, right? Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. He was, he was driving race cars too. He I forgot about that. He was dating one of my mm. neighbor's daughters right mm. in the height of his like 16, 17 year old fame. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And I would see him like across the street in the neighborhood when mm-hmm. I lived in the valley. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I was like, he'd put, roll up in some fancy car. And I was like, this mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's, uh, I'm driving a Nissan Sentra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he can't even drink yet. His car's worth more than all the money I made on those silly game shows. I wonder if he's cool at all, because you never see Cranston throw him any kind of a bone. (laughs) (laughs) He's not in any Cranston thing at all. Not not one project, not a cameo, nothing. No, it was great working with him, so I always want to, nah, never heard any of that. I don't know. (laughs) So this one was... um, It was really interesting, too. It was called The Black String, and Ricky Munez hooks up with this uh, mysterious stranger, then all of a sudden starts to get rash and weird shit coming out of his arms, stuff coming out of the walls. So it, it kind of goes into more witchcrafty thing where he's got to go to meet him to try to get all this the curse off of him. But it did a nice job of mixing the fact that, uh, you know, he's had some incidents as a kid. He's never been quite stable. His parents are trying to take care of him. He blows up at them. He, like, beats up his best friend because he thinks he was an attacker. Um, so it does a really nice job of mixing like, well, is he cursed or is he just fucking out of his mind right. and all of the shit is in his head. Hmm. So, and it, it straddles that line back and forth to the point where, 
uh, my daughter and I were talking about it on the way home. Well, do you think it really happened or do you think it was in his head? Because even like the ending scenes was like, you're not quite sure. Oh. So so it was a cool movie. But this one is definitely out because I remember just seeing on the poster in front of the screening, like on demand, end of September. Oh. So so this one's out. Cool. But it was a great festival. Um, kudos to Denise Gossett, as always. Um, it's just a really cool, intimate festival. You go down there. If there's not enough seats, they open up the screening rooms next to it so everyone can still see the same movies. Good food. Um, it's fun and uh, great short films and great features. So check it out next year. Or if you're in Orlando, they have a sister festival there, Shriek Fest. Nice. All right. Jam Lando. Yeah. Go down to Jam Lando. <laughs> Oh, Graham, we've got Patreon sponsors. Well, God bless you yeah. people and bless your children for it, the next thousand years. It is October, and Johnny Rulon <laughs> is promoting his novel called Green Cheek, uh, A Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's on Amazon in both digital form and hard copy. It's, it's an experimental stream of consciousness novel which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and her mortal lover TS on a journey through time dreams in the hidden places of a supernatural America. The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com, happyhorrorshowproductions.com. Fanboy Planet, a website and podcast for all things geeky and amazing. Check out Fanboy Planet for your comics news, movie news, TV news, and amazing interviews with industry insiders and artists. Fanboyplanet.com, fanboyplanet.com. Coffee Over Suicide is a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at a time. New episodes every Friday and Wednesday, wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at coffeeoversuicide.com, coffeeoversuicide.com. Alice Frazier, co-host of The Bugle Podcast, host of Tea with Alice, brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. The shows were recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival uh, with a binaural microphone, which creates an intensely immersive listening experience. AliceFrazier.com with an S. The Art Podcast with Rebecca Evans, new episode recorded at San Diego Comic-Con with the artist Eric Joyner, known for painting robots and donuts together theartpodcasts.com with an S. And Tony McFadden's 14th book is a gritty Australian noir, The Murder of Jeremy Brooks, pits small-town Australian PI Dan McGuinness against corporate greed and corruption. A Sydney surgeon hires Dan to find her husband's killer. The cops think it was a mugging gone bad. She thinks it was a hit. More info at tonymcfadden.net slash JB. That's tonymcfadden.net slash JB. And new sponsor, Andy Bowman. Every week on the Geek 101 podcast, Ariel and Andy get together to discuss, critique, review, and sometimes bicker about the latest in geek news and pop culture. Become a listener and join the conversation by listening to the Geek 101 podcast wherever you download your podcasts. And I do want to do one shout out to Jerome Sullivan. Um, he wanted to do a... Um, um, a Patreon tier ad of, of like save CFN to get us to enough Patreon money to uh, to keep doing the show, and uh, I, I I appreciate the sentiment, but uh, we've already made plans to run uh, to uh, close it up. So, but Jerome, I really appreciate you. it. Yeah, it's a it's, it was a great sentiment. Thank you so much. I'm glad the show has meant that much to you. And it's you know I, we have to remind people we're not disappearing. You know, we're, you still can find us on social media. Well, we're doing not. other things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you going off grid? I'm going yeah, off yeah, grid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, but Good when, luck you, when you say off grid, you know, that, that still means Facebook, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> um, so uh, thank you. And um, all right, Graham, we got some trailers. Oh, this yeah. is exciting. This is a trailer that people have been waiting and waiting, waiting, and it's finally out. This is The Irishman. How do you feel about this um, CGI stuff like Benjamin Button style to make people look younger? It was only a matter of time. That's creepy. I don't yeah, like it. It's, it's definitely weird. creepy. but I I've, prefer the Better Call Saul method where you just add more hair. 
Yeah. yeah, just put a bad wig on and too much makeup. Look how yeah. young he is. Mm-hmm. He's got so much hair. Wow, he must be young with all that makeup and well, hair. Well, he's in college. Give him an earring. Yeah, just give him an earring and a bad toupee. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. All right, here is the Irishman, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. Frank Sheeran. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you said it right. Uh, under the contract, management can only fire a driver on very specific charges. So, you ever show up late? No. Do you have any moving violations? No. Do you drink on the job? No. You ever hit anybody? On a job? Yeah. I don't think so. All right, then. We don't have nothing to worry about. But now I'm a man. I want you to meet my cousin, Russell Buffalino. How are you? Hi, nice to meet you. It was like the army. You followed orders. You did the right thing. You got rewarded. friend of ours is having a little trouble. When you put Martin Scorsese's name in this, you really, from the director of... Yeah, <laughs> yeah what else has he done? Yeah, I've never Jimmy heard of him. Was. Get the gun out of his hand! You always charge a guy with a gun. With a knife, you run away. So you charge with a gun, with a knife, you run. <laughs> Hiya, Frank. Would you like to be a part of history? Yes, I would. Big business and the government are working together, trying to pull us apart. Something's got to be done. It's like an indie movie. What else you say? Now's not the time to not say. A lot of people I don't recognize. We're going at war with these people. Give me that hand. You gotta sit down. Everybody says so. No, I'm not sitting down. I can't do it. It's what it is. What it is. I know things. They don't know. I know. Assassination movie. Mm, so Pacino is playing. Either way, he's going. Is Pacino playing? I can't decide. Is Pacino playing? Um, you know, I don't. Uh, I don't care whether you did it or not. That makes no difference to me. Yeah, I know. I'm here to defend you, right? Right. What do you want to know? You want to know if I did it or not? No. <laughs> yeah, it looks like um, Kennedy assassination-ish, E. Uh, but here, here's Is the... Pacino, I thought Pacino was playing maybe... Um, uh, what's his name? The, um, the union guy. Jimmy Hoffa? Hoffa. Uh, can you uh, bring it up, Aaron? If they, if they even have the cast list up and the, uh, the characters... Yeah, because it looks like it kind of goes a little bit all over the place, which, by the way, I don't care. It's, uh, yeah, here it is. Yeah. So this is, let's see. Um, yeah, he's playing Jimmy yeah, Hoffa. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, this is what it sounds like to me is like, so maybe De Niro's the guy that killed Hoffa? Maybe that's the guy that has to go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could be. I don't know, because mm-hmm. it's like... And uh, it, I'll tell you, it doesn't even matter. It's one of those movies that, like, okay, um, Scorsese. Oh, wait, Taylor Hackford directed it, though. I thought Scorsese directed it. No, 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 no. You're looking at the wrong thing. Oh, no, wait. Just. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't go against the thing you already know. Yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah what am I doing? Like, Some I got lower, confused. People that weren't featured in the Yeah, it's trailer. about Hoffman. Right, okay. Yeah. It's about the slang of Jimmy Hoffa. Ah, Okay. Hopefully it's better than the movie Hoffa, 
<laughs> it would have to be. It would have to be. Well, this is and and I, I man, I'm I, like, how could you not be in on a movie? Come like on, Kaitel, yeah. the whole mm-hmm. gang's back, yeah. and they did the, a great job. That's what a trailer should be. Gives me just enough, but I leave with the questions, and the questions I have are all good ones that I can't yeah. wait to get answered when I see this. And yeah. you're also going, wow, what a subdued performance by Joe Pesci. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, uh, yeah, this is going to be. They showed a little bit of Ray Romano, a little bit of Jesse Plemons, and none mm-hmm. of Bobby Cannavale. And those guys, to me, are great. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I know everyone, De Niro, I've never seen it in the way everyone else does, where he's like the greatest actor of all time. Like what he Taxi just did Driver? in that. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I think it's fine. <laughs> wow. Just fine. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. it's fine. <laughs> I think the only acting this is worse than you saying America doesn't meddle as well. Um, <laughs> you guys are of the sort that he's like the greatest actor, and I. Well, I yeah, I think some of his early work is amazing. I mean, I, I really, mean, Deer Hunter, my God, Deer Hunter. You, you forget he's an actor in that movie. You just watch it and like, oh no, he has. He's a. I think later in his PTSD. career, he got some projects with some directors where he just sort of did like a De Niro impression. Are you thinking yeah. of Analyze This? I'm thinking of stuff like um, Meet the Parents. Oh, yeah, yeah. wow. You know, like, yeah, that, that's... I can see how you would get that impression. Yeah, if you're films. going about those movies, I would concur with you <laughs> entirely, sir. But yeah, I, I mean, I blame more of those movies. I mean, he said yes to them, but I, I blame those movies more on like the big corporate studio system because he came up in the 70s when it was all about the indie filmmaker Mm. and then when the big corporations took over he sort of and even even said in interviews he goes there's not a lot of really amazing directors anymore they're just like you just feel like i just feel like i'm like a a a trained animal that i'm just told to hit my marks yeah and so i think some of them he just phoned in and went all right i'll just be your bobby de niro guy because my start with him i think the first movie i saw potentially if i'm but is Casino. So that to me is Robert. So anything outside of that is, but they're all pretty close to that character. Well, you could go, um, you could go back. Like I remember like uh, Scorsese saying kind of his trilogy of uh, mob movies was, uh, it would start with Mean Streets. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what was the one in the middle? He said, was it Goodfellas? Uh, and then Casino was like the last one. Like he had, he wanted to show like three different versions of organized. Uh, I also watched, mm-hmm. um, Godfather 2, where he plays a young Vito Corleone, that is one of the most Mm -hmm. subdued roles. He plays an Italian guy in the early 20s in New York, an Italian immigrant. He plays young Vito Corleone. Right. Mm -hmm. That is, that's the role that everybody forgets. Because you Godfather was like, oh, Brando and everything. Pacino, yeah. Pacino and Mm -hmm. God, they're great. But man, what, how De Niro plays... Nino Pacino, they're never in the same scene, never right? Never in the same scene, man. And it's just like, oh, God. I would go back and watch Godfather 2. Wasn't okay. there also? And I'd watch The Deer Hunter. Okay. Wasn't there also like a supercut where it would, um, they combined Godfather 1 and 2 and put it in chronological yeah, order, like yeah. the entire thing? I think I remember there that. There is a supercut of that. Yeah. It's five hours long. Yeah, it's something <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. So, All right, the next one is uh, Wounds. This, I believe, is a horror movie trying to kill time before February. So. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, that, Wounds. Is that how it's uh, built? Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to kill time before <laughs> February. It's easier than ever. Just order online. Well, sorry, they didn't pay for that ad spot. Who, the last one was Netflix with a huge cast and this is Hulu yeah streaming is uh, putting money into 
movies that you could only yeah. see on their channels. I like the change of course Army Hammer's career is taking. You mean down? No, I think he did The Lone Ranger and it's been up since then. Well, the Lone Ranger was a low point for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> for uh, civilization, really. <laughs> Who were you talking to last night? Don't worry about it. There was these college kids who left a cell phone there. I went through it to see whose it was. Hmm. Creepy music and a confused look on somebody's face. What's going to happen? You don't want to see it. It's awful. I like her. Well, maybe she's talking about the film. Did you guys see... um, We have been something. That time Del Royale? No. It's good. You're scared, too. You know, if you ever need to talk, I'm here for you. You're acting guilty as shit. Ooh. Oh, we got roaches. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. They made me do it. Oh, it's the girl from uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. That's yeah. why she looks familiar. And Bad Times at El Royale. Yeah. She's real good in that. Yeah. So uh, I think Hulu went, well, why is Netflix uh, only getting the bad movies that no one else wants? We can make bids, too. <laughs> we can spend $7 yeah. million dollars yeah. on a movie. Yeah, for, a stu- for movies that studios are desperate to get rid of. Yeah. So, this uh, movie may- has a $10 million budget Doesn't Annapurna have a pretty good track record, though? They don't turn out a lot of crap. Well, I think, what, I think Annapurna, and that's probably what this movie is, they know how to make a horror movie, and they yeah. know how to do it. On a budget. Uh, for under $20 million, probably yeah. under 10 maybe. Mm-hmm. And so... It's got to be under 10 It's got to be under 10 yeah. It's got to be... Um, yeah, and, and now these are these like streaming service movies that kind of... It's like the old direct-to-video yeah. model. They don't have to be great. Yeah. Because if you're just at home and you want to watch a scary movie, you're going to watch this. Yeah. It's like a yeah. rom-com. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know you know they're going to get together in the end. It's not... <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's not good enough for traditional release and too expensive for Shudder. So that's yeah yeah. <laughs> so it goes to uh, it goes to Hulu. <laughs> so all right, and um, we do want to mention too the store is closing out. We're probably going to close the store about December fifteenth. There's still a bunch of stuff left. We have uh, DVDs, CDs. We have a lot of Doug Benson stuff left, and uh, still some CFN shirts. I will say this: anybody who orders anything in the store, there you will get something free. I guarantee. You. We still have a lot of really <laughs> weird swag that we've collected over the years, and uh, you have one more opportunity to do the uh, CFN loot crate because it'll have to be uh, two months. So if you pledge now you'll be charged for november december it will go out in december uh right before we close up shop and it'll uh cost you about 50 bucks but it'll have between one and two hundred dollars worth of stuff in it so check it out if you want to uh um, get the loot crate or if you just want to buy something in the store you will get something free with it uh i promise and all right in dvd and blu-ray only two spider-man far from home excited this i really enjoyed this movie it was a fun kind of like spider-man on vacation and uh what a surprise uh sony and marvel have figured out their differences oh, and really? uh, yeah, mm. somebody figured out billions yeah. of dollars to share yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah i'm i'm so shocked and i said oh that's that's it they're done i'm like really no, they're no. still talking I, no. I said that on this podcast they're still talking. don't worry it'll they'll work out so most likely, they've all crunched the numbers and figured out, like, uh, Marvel went, how many more Spider-Man movies would we do anyway? And they'd be like, all right, one more, plus he'll be in one more Marvel Cinematic Universe. And they're 
plan all along has been to um, introduce and then rotate in and out new heroes anyway. So it, it totally fits into their um, phase plan that Spider-Man will be in maybe one more movie and one other Marvel movie, and they would probably phase him out anyway. So they're going to care less in, you know, in another couple movies whether Spider-Man stays there or not. So we'll see after that. But, uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Too much money to be made all around for them to screw up this deal. Mm -hmm. Even the dumbest lawyer at Disney and Sony (laughs) went, you know what? We should probably make this work. (laughs) um, And then Anna and the Apocalypse. (laughs) Somebody went, get me the dumbest lawyer at Disney and Sony. Get these two morons in a room. Because if they can figure it out, we can make this deal happen. They just each, each, they call each other's legal department. Who's the dumbest one you've got? They don't have to be young. Maybe they're older and they've been dumb for a long time. Yeah, yeah. they They can only hear out of one ear. It's fine. (laughs) Something just, who's the guy that does the dumbest thing? He shows up to the meeting and just aggressively pushes in on a door that's pulled. Yeah, yeah. perfect. (laughs) Get in here. (laughs) Today's your lucky day. You, we need you in this boardroom immediately. (laughs) And... And the um, the other movie is I, now this is a movie I wanted to see, but it came and went. It was Anna in the Apocalypse. This was that Christmas musical zombie movie. Yeah, but uh, it looked fun. It did get mixed reviews, but I still wanted to see it, so I might check it out on DVD. All right, mm-hmm. coming this week, the Joker. This is it. It's ready. Not of, the Joker. Yeah, just, just Joker. Joke. Just, just Joker. Of, uh, I'm sorry. You know, ruin it. A lot of anticipation. A lot of controversy. And uh, hey, I, I have an idea. Wait till you see the movie before you judge it. There's a, there's a weird piece of advice, but this I think that's what you should do. Feels The last time I saw this type of hysteria from people that hadn't seen a movie was American History X. Mm-hmm. When everyone was like, <laughs> yeah. it's supporting neo-Nazis. And I mm-hmm. saw it and I was like, no, it doesn't. Yeah. It shows how awful that life is. Mm-hmm. And it, for you to miss that after seeing it, yeah. and I, everyone I talked to hadn't seen it. It was like, right. oh, like you, that drives me right. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Like Syriana had the same problem. It's glorifying suicide bombing. No, it isn't. It's doing the opposite. It's showing how people get recruited into it. It's showing the mechanism of it. That does not condone or glorify it in any way. It's, it's, I mean, on, on down the line when, I remember when it was, um, what, uh, I'm blanking on the movie about the Scottish people came out in the nineties who did heroin. Oh, a brave. Train spotting? Train spotting. <laughs> Brave. Yes, yes. The heroin epidemic in, in feudal Scotland. Yes. Yeah, there was a big skag problem. It was where Bebop was born. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah train spotting. I remember when train spotting are the same thing. Hey, they're glorifying drug use. Oh, mm. really? When the guy yeah. dies from it? Yeah, like, yeah that's people, really, like, That looks great. Yeah. It, it drives me crazy because it's like if you watch a movie and you come to that conclusion, fine. It's like with the news or me, whatever. If you research the same thing, we've both read the same article, seen the same news, have the same information, and you come to a different conclusion, I'm all for it. Wait a if, second, though. Can I ask this? Are you nervous at all? Because the Colorado theater shooting was a, was a Batman yeah, I know. film, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, are you nervous that, like, the Joker is this chaos, like, anarchy kind of figure? If you're sitting in a theater watching the movie, are you going to be a little I'm nervous concerned? now because they've overhyped it. Yes. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about this yeah. before the show. It's like, hey, um... You know, you know what? If you don't want something to happen, uh, don't harp on it over and over again. That this it's is specifically what you like don't want to happen. It's almost like they're encouraging it because yeah. this will be a great for the twenty-four hour news cycle. It's as a much self-fulfilling as I... prophecy. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's just like it's that amped up. It's going to be crazy. People might get violent. Yeah, People yeah. might get violent. Yeah. So now you're on. You're tense now. Yeah. If what you're if you're on the, the edge, side? if you're on the edge, psychopath wise, <laughs> I'm like. 
wow, this this is telling me to go out and wow, do this. Wow, it sounds like yeah. I'm getting a green yeah. light. Yeah. I really, I think it's become more acceptable to say this in the last few years that I liked Batman Begins more than the other two of the Chris Nolan ones. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people go, what? Like, the voice was always ridiculous to me. Uh, there were th- and I go, people go, Heath Ledger or Bane or whatever. I like an origin story. I like seeing, especially mm-hmm. like I'm not well versed in the comic universe. So Which like, of the eight Spider-Man movies did you like then? If you like, I only saw the story. first two, and then I was like, I'm good. <laughs> I just didn't watch any more of them. But I, uh, with this one, I am. I think it's so fascinating, especially because it kind of involves him dabbling in comedy a little bit. There's something interesting about like. Needing to be loved and wanting yeah. to people, which to is laugh part of the story. Yeah, yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. great. So I'm excited just for the movie. I'm excited because for me, like I'm obviously a huge Batman fan, and 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 Joaquin Phoenix looks like he knocks it out of yeah. the park. I can't if anyone wait to can, see it's him. great casting. Yeah. How to be a wingnut. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't a fan of uh, when I heard about the Heath Ledger casting. I was proven wrong. I I believe right. those movies. I love that whole trilogy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that one that film is great. Mm-hmm. I, I love the Joker story because it's one of the best supervillains out there. Right, because. Just like Batman, no powers. No powers, and was driven crazy. And the thing about Batman and the Joker is they are sort of mirror images of like, we Mm -hmm. both had awful things happen. You could go this, as we discussed at the beginning of the program, you could direct (laughs) it porn. (laughs) Like, you could be, I'm going to be a force for good, or I'm going to just go. And that's the thing I've always liked about the Joker, is he always is like, and there's that scene in, in, in Dark Knight, between uh, Heath Ledger and um, what's his name? Batman. And Batman. Well, we don't have to know. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Christian Bale <laughs> where Heath Ledger's like, oh, you're not different than me. Don't talk like you're one of don't them. Don't talk like you're one of them. You're a crazy wounded. You dress up like a bat and you mm-hmm. beat people up. And you think mm-hmm. you're better than me because I wear makeup? Nah, mm-hmm. man. Like, So that seeing, and I'm not, they haven't made this clear, which isn't a good thing of is he the actual Joker or is it just a guy that kind of goes bananas and emulates the Heath Joker from this universe? Oh, we don't really yeah. know. Yeah. Well, they definitely, um, um, I think it's kind of like, uh, you know, what What do they call it? Like Elseworlds or whatever they call it. Like DC and Marvel have like that what if of like, you know, this is kind of separate from the continuity, but that's still the same character. Like uh, I think even the director said, it's like this Joker in this movie uh, will never like be in like the Batman movie. Like it's really kind of its own thing. Uh, so, or you you probably won't see this Joker in like say the Suicide Squad movie or something right. like that because this is this is kind of a standalone story which they made, which I think is interesting. And I think it's thank it's in a weird way. It's like thank God, stop trying to make it fit into you know this you this extended universe. Just make the movie. But then and, I also yeah. like because you feel bad for people that read all the comics and have those L stories themselves. Some of them maybe even like contributed typewriting time mm-hmm. to like writing their own stories. <laughs> <laughs> an old school typewriter. Type an old school typewriter. Nah. And then they'd, only their closest friends are like, I want to, would you mind? And mm-hmm. then they'd read it and like, this is good. What's it for? Like, I don't know. I can't stop thinking about it. I just love the comics. I thought, what if this happened? Right. Mm-hmm. It never went anywhere. And now we're like open to that. We're like, not only open to it, but like, what if we gave you $80 million to make that movie? Mm-hmm. What if someone sees the Joker and then goes, oh, you know what would likely happen in this situation is this sort of hero would arise. And now that becomes its whole own franchise or vehicle of like that else world that'd be kind of fun yeah it's not impossible that that could happen well it's what what they did i mean honestly the graphic novels when those really became popular in the 80s this is what they did there was the killing joke graphic novel there Mm. was so they would just sort of make these little one-off worlds um that wouldn't necessarily have to fit within the overall story arc or continuity of it and so why not why not if it's interesting and i just like you know 
it got really good reviews at the festivals, but then some people said it's glorifying violence. And, and I want to see for myself. Right, yeah. exactly. I want to see if it does do that. And, and I might give it a week or two until crowds are a little smaller. Um, right. But right. I feel that way a lot, any crowded theater. I just always am like, there's the I will the say this because of the hysteria. You are going to see extra, if because uh, I'm going to go this weekend. You're going to see extra security at the theaters yeah. for sure. For sure. So, and in fact, even without this movie coming out, I'm starting to see it more in the movie theaters too. Like, uh, um, like they'll start searching bags, and if you have something a little oversized, they'll start. I've, I've seen where they started looking hmm. at stuff now. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I always mm-hmm. go to the movies mostly on Monday mm-hmm. afternoon, yeah. Monday night. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> they burst yeah. in the door. Not even gonna make the news, asshole. There's only three of us in here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm uh, Friday at 11 a.m. Dad time. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> so uh, check it out, The Joker. We will be um, uh, we will be definitely reviewing that next week. That's our show, that everybody. David Huntsberger, it's been forever since you've been on. Thank you for yeah, being on th- the show, guys. If this likely my last time on the show. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for having Wish me. You come on the 12th. I will, I will. I'll be there mm-hmm. on the 12th. Thank you for inviting me to that. Mm-hmm. One last movie shout out, just the name of it, Victor's History, also streaming on mm-hmm. Amazon. My friend Nick made it. Okay. Interesting, mm-hmm. cool, fun movie. Um, and yeah, great work over 10 years, you guys. Thanks for having me be a part of Thanks, it. Dude. Thanks, I mean, David. I really appreciate mm-hmm. all of your the articles you've written and all the stuff, how you've, it's really, it's really been cool. So mm-hmm. where can people find you online? And sh- I know you have a show here in LA. You st- are you still yeah, in- I do the junk show. It's a monthly variety show at the copper still the second Sunday of every month. Um, most everything about you can find at David And then I have a streaming animated standup special that's on the Roku channel as well as Amazon prime. Nice. If you haven't seen David Huntsberger's standup, go see it. Check it out. I Thanks, love it. Guys. You have, um, one of my favorite bits, you have uh, well about dreams and how it's a bullshit <laughs> game that your mind plays, and then and then some of your science based jokes I think are just fantastic. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. So uh, check them out. Also, you can see. Um, I was going to say Space Cave. Oh yeah, you Space know, Cave. Your podcast, Space Cave. Yeah. Space cave. Check that a lot out. of scientists, a lot of artists, rocket scientists, JPL people, just kind of people that have an interesting knowledge and or viewpoint of the world. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, the First Nations Comedy Experience, uh, the, the season, the 13 episodes, uh, is on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, please check that series out. It's 13 episodes, 49 comics, uh, comics from, uh, you know, uh, Native American, world indigenous people, and just also some amazing comics, many of whom have been on this show. Uh, so please check that on Amazon Prime because Amazon tracks likes and views and all that stuff so the more people that watch it the more chance there is of me getting to direct another series another season um and then also uh if you go to my youtube channel uh political vigilante you can see all my videos and stuff that i'll that i have dropped and will be dropping with interviews of people from russia and all that um and all my tour dates ron placone and i are doing a progressive comedy tour in australia november um, we're th- we're doing Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney, and Perth. So go to GrahamElwood.com. Do you know those dates? November fourteenth, we are in Adelaide. November fifteenth, we are in Melbourne. No, wrong. Fourteenth, Melbourne. Fifteenth, Adelaide. Seventeenth. Chris has thus far written NOV one four comma one five comma one seven. Yes. Yeah. November seventeenth, um, uh, Sydney, and the twenty second, we are in Perth. All right, very good. Yeah. And uh, the reason I um, I need those dates for the form. <laughs> right. Don't, we'll, 
we're going to talk after this, Chris. Yeah. So I'll give you all that information now. <laughs> Don't worry, buddy. I'm not running out of here. Uh, so yeah, check um, all that out. So um, um, this, uh, well, I wanted to ask you a question quick. This uh, tour, you said uh, Alice is going to be on one of them? Yeah, Alice mm-hmm. Frazier, I think she'll be back in, she's in the UK, I believe. And she said mm-hmm. she's going to be back in, in Australia by then. She will be doing a set on our show on the 17th in Sydney. Uh, I'm trying to get a hold of Will Anderson, but he's pretty busy. So if he can mm-hmm. drop in for a set, he will. It'd be a uh, lot of fun. Yeah. I miss going to Australia. It was oh, a really good so time. Great. Are you going to surf while you're there? No, why would I do that? <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm going to do. This is another surf trip with yeah. comedy shows around it. <laughs> so cool. Well, I want to mention uh, next Saturday, I will be at the LA Comic Con. I'll be doing the Comics on Comics panel, actually on the Joker. And then I'll be doing a signing at the Starburns, Starburns booth for Long Go and Far Away. I'll have more details of that next week. But uh, that is next Saturday at the LA Comic Con. And you'll definitely see Neil running around all three days as well. So make sure you uh, stop by and say hi. Neil running around just makes it sound like he's there illegally. And yes. <laughs> so we don't judge Neil if he wants to run around the convention. He's got his own lifestyle yeah, choices, yeah. and so, we support so him. So you got to catch him. So. <laughs> <laughs> so bring a stun gun or a net if you can catch Neil. Um, thank you again, David, for being on the show and for 10 years of contributing to this. Yes. Uh, Happy program. to be a part of it. Thanks, mm-hmm. Um and uh, thank you to Aaron Brunghart and everybody here at the All Things Comedy World Headquarters. Please join us December 12th. Those tickets are at DynastyTypewriter.com or GrahamElwood.com. Yep, free uh, earbuds DVD with every ticket purchase. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we are unloading the garage. Uh, thank you so much. My name Maybe is free Chris. box of DVDs with every ticket purchase. Well, let's not get fucking crazy, <laughs> Chris. Settle down. I know you just want to clear out your garage, but let's let's go easy. I've got more gargoyles coming. Uh, I have to. <laughs> I'll take some of those DVDs to sell after shows on the road. Um, so thank you. My name is Graham Elwood. I'm just thinking I got upsold from uh, disc makers. <laughs> we, got, we ended up like, come on, it's cheaper. Just a couple hundred bucks more. You get, you know, a thousand more DVDs. How could that go wrong? People love DVDs. <laughs> yeah, the people current. love them. The current. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's, uh, no, they're not going to go away. Anyway, uh, and my name is Chris Mancini. Thanks again, everybody. And I don't know. Do we want to end the show the way we've done for the last 10 years? Nope. I want to mix it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Greedo shot first, yeah, everybody. Wait. Take care. <laughs> now, I, I, everybody right now is going, no, no, they have to end it the All same right. way. You My ready? name's Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot first. first. Don't worry. It'll be the same until December 12th. <laughs>